Well, the reality is that money actually can move very fast and it actually can move fairly cheaply. It's just that over the years, like we've layered on these things that have slowed, slowed it down. But in many cases, card-based transactions move way faster than transactions on a blockchain. On this episode of the Creator Community, we'll meet Ahmed Siddiqui, an unlikely fintech executive with a passion for learning and serving the true needs of his customers, even when they don't know what they are just yet. We'll hear how Ahmed was ready to leave Silicon Valley and return to the Midwest, and how one chance phone call got him to cancel his moving truck and stay in California. We'll follow Ahmed's relentless journey to better understand payment systems and how he and his team unearthed the opportunity to help thousands of gig workers get paid right at the end of their shifts. We'll hear how this work led to Ahmed's top-selling book on payments, The Anatomy of the Swipe, Making Money Move. Check out the show. Welcome to the Creator Community. This is a podcast from book publisher, New Degree Press, or NDP. I'm your host, John Saunders. This show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books with NDP. This year, NDP will cross over 1,300 published authors on six continents and has earned the 293rd spot on the Inc. Magazine 5000 list. This is the fastest growing privately held companies in America. This episode is a special one. This is episode four of the NDP alumni series, authors that have gone through the program and published their books in the last year or two. We are checking in with them to learn about what their book journeys have been like and how it's impacted their lives and careers and what they've been up to since their book came out in the world. Today with me, Ahmed Siddiqui. Ahmed is a father, VP of Product at Branch, previously VP Product at Marketa, a payments technology unicorn valued at over $4.3 billion. And when he's not making stick figure drawings to grasp the concepts of card payment systems, he's building the next wave of fintech startups. Great to see you. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Glad to be here, John. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. You know, before we get too much into your book, which I think is an amazing one, and you've had extraordinary results with The Anatomy of the Swipe, your book that came out about a year ago, I'd love to hear about what you've been up to for the last year. How are things been going? Yeah, things have been going really great. I mean, obviously keeping very, very busy with work. I am, you know, again, I'm not a full-time author, so that's been keeping me really busy. And again, as you mentioned, I've got three kids. They've been keeping me super busy as well. Yeah. Busy, you busy. Know, knowing the ages of your children, you know, they're kind of young like mine. I'm really curious how you, you know, sort of found the time in your author journey to fit this in. Like, when did you write your book? <laughs> work and having three kids. I think all my writing was like crazy early in the morning. It was like at, I would say between the hours of like five and 7am, but it's one of those things of like, you just have to get up and do it. And I don't think that there ever is the perfect time to write a book. You just kind of have to do it. And then the funny thing is after I wrote the book, I did the audiobook as well. And that was even more challenging because I needed to do it before the kids got up in the morning. Uh, the sound. Also, <laughs> the sound. And also I was doing the recording in winter. And so every time that my heater would turn on, no, uh, it would show up on the audio recording. And so I'd have to time it in between the like heat bursts. <laughs> you just figure out when to do it. You know, I recorded my book in my house. I did it late at night after my kids went to sleep. And I swear every time I went to go record, I live in an area uh, outside of DC where there's tons of helicopter traffic. Yeah. I, almost every night I went to go record, there would be a helicopter like circling over my house or passing by. It's always car noises, truck noises, you name it. It's it's very challenging. 
right? Um, these microphones, they pick up everything. It's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. Well, a busy guy, you found a way to make the book get done. What I, I think I find particularly useful, powerful about this program is, you know, you didn't have to do it at five in the morning. You could have been like me and converted to a night owl and done it at night, which is what I did. But you had that flexibility. More importantly, you get the guidelines, the guideposts to, to get it done. Your book is about fintech. Like, how did you land in fintech, uh, Ahmed? And what is fintech for those who might not know? So fintech is kind of the intersection of finance, technology, and payments. And so it's it's a rather like hot topic right now, just because you you hear about things like Cash App, you hear about Chime, you hear about sort of these like new banks that are coming up. I mean, that's all fintech, but then also things like in in insurance, you know, think about it as the digitization of money. And there's just so much around it that I think people are just getting really interested in. And, and I think where I landed on mine is that there just wasn't a ton of content about this, this topic. And specifically, like what actually happens when you swipe that debit or credit card at the grocery store or your favorite coffee shop? Like actually very, very few people understand that there's a lot of stuff going on in that sort of three seconds of your, your swipe. And so that's, that's where we kind of came up with a topic. And you know, I, w- I didn't really have an intention of writing a book initially. It was more around, I just had a lot of writing that I did for my current company, which is Branch. We When, when I started there about four years ago, it actually wasn't a payments or fintech company. It was actually in the scheduling space. And so what we were doing was we were actually offering a way for Target employees to like swap shifts and pick up more shifts. And it was like a kind of a scheduling management app. And then what happened is we, we found out that the reason why people like taking more shifts is because they want to make more money. And when we dug into that a little bit more, we also found out that, well, they need their money faster. And so they were getting paid on the 15th and the 30th, and they just needed their money sooner. And so I got an opportunity to like pivot the company into a payments and fintech company. And so back then, we just didn't have anybody like the sales team, the engineering team, everybody was like kind of like an enterprise software type of uh, mindset. And so we needed to shift that. And so what I was doing is I was doing a lot of writing. I was doing a lot of like kind of coaching on, you know, how do all these like payments things work? And then when Eric Custer reached out, he said, Hey, look, we're doing, I think we were part of the, probably the first like cohort of the, the creator Institute that was actually considered as like working professionals group. And he was like, Hey, I'm doing this book course online. Do you have an idea for a book? I wasn't really thinking about it, but then I was like, you know what? I actually do have a lot of content. It'd be kind of cool to put it into a book. And I've always had it as a bucket, bucket list item to like do something. And so that's actually how I got it into a book. So <clears throat> Eric Custer, who's the head of this enterprise, Manuscripts Inc., which has a manuscript coaching phase, which is called the Creator Institute, and a publishing phase, if people want to publish here, New Degree Press, he found you online, inspired you to write a, write a book. That's amazing. How did he find you? Uh, so Eric and I actually know each other from before. Oh, so nice. we're, we're both like startup nerds. And so we've known each other from actually back in, when we were both in San Francisco. And so stayed in touch, you know, and then obviously he was doing his teaching at Georgetown. I was always following him. And then he hit me up and said, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this for working professionals. Do you have any idea? So, so yeah, I, I was very lucky. I, I, I already had a chance to know him before the coursework. 
Oh, that's incredible. And in fact, that model that you're describing is how a, a big part of the model we use to create the new program, the Creators Thought Leaders, which uh, Eric and I just launched a few weeks ago, which has been really, really awesome to really focus on those, even more so on those professionals, longer runway, more editing time. When you think about this journey, right? Like how did, how did payments come onto your radar screen? When I think about payments, I think, you know, tap my credit card, which I just figured out recently how to do. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do it, it's super fast, right? If you do the chip thing, it oftentimes takes longer. But like, so how did this come onto your radar screen? And, and you know, what do people want to know about payments? Because we only care about it when it doesn't work, right? When you get that like yeah. that buzz back that says it didn't work, which is super annoying, right? <laughs> but what should people know about the payment system in the world? Yeah. So, so generally speaking, most people don't know what's going on. There are a lot of entrepreneurs that do want to figure out kind of the nuances and what are some of the business business models behind all of it. And again, as I mentioned, like there's actually not a lot of like really great content out there. There's some blog posts here and there. There's like one or two books, but the content is actually pretty light and doesn't like really get into the nitty gritty of like what's actually happening. The other piece of it too, John, is that I am a very much like a visual learner and I struggled with a lot of these concepts personally, because even uh, before branch, uh, I was at a, a startup called Marketa. Um, so, so Marketa is now a public company and I really got a chance to learn about this stuff when I was there, but even as I was there, a vast majority of the people that I work with actually didn't really know how this stuff worked either. We had to like figure it out for ourselves. And, and again, when I, when I talk about stick figures, there's a lot of drawing that needs to happen to like really grasp it. And like also being able to tell good stories of like why something happens. I think it, it that's very lacking right now. And so I, I wanted to Put something together that even I could understand because again, I'm not like the smartest guy and would love to <laughs> try to take some of those like simple concepts and like help other people understand it. Uh, Clearly people have embraced it. You've sold over 6,000 copies of your book in the first couple of years. Where's the interest come from, Ahmed? I think the interest is coming from just more and more people getting intrigued by what actually happens in that swipe. Historically cards, you would swipe it. Nowadays, it's more like you're actually inserting the card in, or as you said, you're, you're tapping it, but it, there's a three second window. And what, what's happening is that there's all this like messaging that goes from card and then to the terminal and the terminal to like the card network, be it Visa or MasterCard, and then to the bank that issued your card. So like, for example, if you've got a debit card, it's issued by your bank, right? So your Chase or Wells Fargo or whatever. So then Chase or Wells Fargo needs to make a decision and it needs to happen all within three seconds, which is why it's it's so interesting. And then all the way through, there's all these parties involved. And so each party needs to get paid. And so there's this whole like revenue model that I think people don't fully understand. And so I think that's that's really where that magic is. And I, I would love for more people to understand it. And you know, I think just innovation happens when you have more knowledge. And I think the more we can get this book out there, it's more about just disseminating information, right? So for, so from from a pure like who's buying, like, obviously it's up, it's available on Amazon. But what's been really interesting is there's a lot of fintech companies and startups that are uh, buying the book for their employees as part of like onboarding material, which has been a huge surprise because again, selfishly, I wrote it for like my company and hearing that there are other companies using it, it's 
it's pretty cool. And so, I mean, so like, for example, Marquetta, Galileo, parts of Square, parts of Stripe, Phoenix, there's a bunch of these really early stage companies like Canopy. So they're all uh, using this as kind of their onboarding material, which is really cool because it's a really compact and nice and easy to you know consume book. And so it, it's exciting to hear that people are actually using it from that perspective. So interesting, right? We like restaurant service, right? We only think about it if it doesn't work, right? Otherwise, we just assume it's going to be perfect and off you go, right? You tap the card, you know, shows up on your bill later that day, whatever, on your visa bill or whatever it is. And you've dug into this and clearly found a niche that wasn't out there. And I love that you kind of learned your way into it, right? You went to Marquetta, not, not necessarily looking to be an expert in this line of business. And then of course, now with Branch, and you've found a way to figure these things out and get it, get it done. A true startup mindset that continues on. Now you've landed yourself at Branch. What do, what do they do? And what do you do there? I bet. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Branch is, I kind of gave you the early history. I mean, we started off in the scheduling space. We don't do any of that anymore, but we're essentially a workforce payments platform. And so what that means is we'll work with employers and we'll work with gig platforms to help their workers uh, get paid really, really fast. And so for the worker, what they'll get is they'll get a fee-free uh, checking account with the debit card. And what we can do is as soon as they complete some body of work, um, they would get paid instantly. So it works really well in sort of the gig economy where, you know, you're delivering packages or, you know, you're, you're making a, a widget or whatever it is. And then as soon as you finish that work, you, you get paid instantly up to the minute. So again, it, it varies because like with traditional hourly workers, it's typically like once a day. But for those uh, people that are working in gig economy, if the data is available, we can go ahead and pay them as fast as once even a second, if we wanted to. So you started out with Target trying to help optimize their workforce and get them more hours and more shifts. And as you continue to research and work with Target, you recognize there's another gap here that really needs to be filled, this payment idea. Because once they make the shift change, they don't want to wait weeks to get paid. That is fascinating. So always looking for that next best solution, which you know, as a guy who wrote the book called The Optimizer, I greatly appreciate. Always thinking that way. You know, when you when you think about branch and how you all have evolved and you know who is your ideal customer at this point you know, it, gig economy could we go a little deeper on that are there industries that you really target yeah, i think the, the the ideal customer for us has been very widespread and so i think gig economy has been kind of the newest or sort of most interesting thing over the last like year or so because it's just, there's such an explosion of people leaving regular jobs and doing these gig jobs where they can work whenever they want. And so we've just seen a huge growth in that sector. But the other area that we have done really well in is pizza delivery. And so what happened in, well, even pre-pandemic, what has happened is nobody buys pizza in cash anymore. And so when you get your pizza delivered from, say, Domino's, the pizza delivery driver comes, drops off at your pizza, gives you a receipt, you sign the tip in there, and they go before it used to be here's cash for the pizza and please keep the keep the money for the tip right and so historically these drivers used to have like quite a bit of cash on them by the end of their shift and then they would essentially have this nice you know wad of cash that they use for their day to day so i mean they actually make a decent amount of money in tips so what happened is once people everybody shifted over to credit cards there was no more cash tips and so they'd get there to the to the office at the end of their shift, and they'd have a pile of receipts now. And then they'd need to calculate, tabulate out how much to get, how much to pay them. Then they'd go to the cash register to try to pull that tip. But the problem is nobody comes in 
to pay for pizza and uh, pizza and cash anymore. And so there's not enough cash in the till. And so now the drivers are being told, well, you'll get your tip like, you know, during your paycheck. And that's actually a big problem because they're actually dependent on those tips. And so what we did is we actually digitized that entire experience. And so at the end of every, um, their tip shows up on their digital branch bank account and they could use their money any way that they want. It's connected to a debit card so they can swipe and spend, or they can go to an ATM, pull out the cash, whatever, but it's available now digitally versus having to run around and figure out what do I, how do I find this cash? And they so, go into some system, say, Hey, I need a hundred dollars in tips. You guys get a record of that. Boom. The money just pops into the right. debit card. That's right. That is incredible. When you think about this business, there's so many incumbents in the payment business, right? I think of like MasterCard, Visa, American Express, right? The list goes on. How did you all sort of find a space with these big giants out there? So, so the giants are not competitors. They're all part of the ecosystem, right? And so for all of this stuff to work, you need some sort of card network in between. And so that's why a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the anatomy of the swipe is just how does this ecosystem work? Like we're just one part, a component of that ecosystem. And there's ways that we can make money. There's ways that the card networks make money. There's, you know, other banks that make money in between. And so for us, like we are, our partner is actually MasterCard. And so we, we work with them and they kind of help us facilitate the movement of this money. Wow. So instead of seeing you as a threat, they saw you as a partner and off you go. It sounds like you must've built something pretty unique to, to make that partnership work. Otherwise they might've replicated themselves. No, no. So, so again, that's, that's the misconception. That's the real misconception that, oh, well, you know, Visa and MasterCard are these big companies that, you know, basically just want to do everything. That's not the case. And so they're actually want to encourage people. And so on our side, we're referred to as essentially an, an issuer of cards through our partner bank. And so we, we effectively are going out there getting these debit cards in the hands of people. And so you can almost think of us as marketing, right? Where you could say, oh, okay, well, these cards need to get delivered. Of course, they've got a MasterCard logo on it, right? But we're the ones helping distribute that. And then MasterCard's like, cool, you're, you're going to be part of the equation and you get to make some money by doing that. So I, I don't think that it, it's a very, very common misconception that, yeah, Visa and MasterCard own everything and there's no, no other place for other people to play. That is interesting. And so when you think about, thank you for sharing that, that broader context, because it just, I mean, to me sort of feels like they're the 800 pound gorilla. They might just try to do it, but you found a way to partner with them. And, and it sounds like it's been very uh, mutually beneficial. When you think about this journey, this, this writing a book for you, right? You had to fit it into your life. It was a very challenging time. What do you think? How, how has this book changed you along the way? I, th I think there's just generally speaking, I love this concept of teaching and I, I, I I've always enjoyed it, but I think I, even now I, I enjoy it even more. And what I think is kind of exciting is I always thought that teaching was something that you had to do at the university level. Like you had to become a professor in order to do that. What I'm realizing is that you don't need to. And so if you're able to send content out through a book or, you know, now there's so many other digital mediums where you can do it, like, you know, do, do courses on YouTube or Coursera or whatever. That's, that's a, an area that I I'm finding really interesting. And I think long-term for me, I've always thought of myself as like, where do I want to be after I'm done with my main work life? I knew that I wanted to do something in teaching, but now I know that I don't have to go to a university to do this. Like I actually can do this 
from the comfort of my own home now, like there's, there's a book medium, there's, you know, video and, you know, you can disperse knowledge over the internet. And so that's given me a, a lot more, how do you, how do you say just motivation to now start thinking about these things? To know that you can live in this virtual world, much like you're much like Branch does, but do it as an educator and and follow what sounds like your true passion of educating people, helping people learn, making them more informed about a business. And as I said, clearly this message is sticking as so many companies are using your book as an onboarding tool and you've sold 6,000 copies. For those who might not understand the magnitude of that, the average author in their first year sells 250 copies of their book. So that's a pretty uh, impressive thing that you did there. And I know much more exciting things ahead for you. When you think about the doors this book has opened for you, Ahmed, what's been one of your favorites so far? From a doors perspective, I think it's really funny. Like just be, being able to say that you have a book gives just so much credibility. And I didn't really fully grasp that initially, but like when people come in and, you know, want to chat with me, like they're very excited to, they're like, oh, I get to talk with an author. I was like, I'm just like a regular guy, like, <laughs> you know, it's nothing special about me. Like, yeah, I, I put something in a book, but I mean, th- there definitely is something to be said about being published. And, and so I didn't fully understand it as I was going through the process, but like afterwards, I think that's one of the best things and, and hearing things from people like, oh, I, I read your book and I actually was able to ace an interview in, in sort of the payments and fintech space, I think is an awesome thing to hear. You're helping then, people get jobs. Exactly. Yeah. And so that that's, that's super crazy. exciting. Yeah. People jobs or, you know, I get a lot of calls from like investors where they're looking to invest in various companies and they just want a little bit of help from me to like help them understand what these companies actually do. Because again, it's complicated. Like the space is complicated, but I think if you you can explain it in a good way, I think it's very valuable. And so we did that. And then some one of the funniest things that actually happened that I would not have ever thought is that I got a message from the office of Harrison Barnes. So Harrison Barnes is a, is a basketball player for the Sacramento Kings. And so he has actually a passion for payments and fintech, and he ended up reading my book. And so I was like, that's super cool because that's not the typical audience that I would have considered, right? Like NBA superstar who like is interested in payments, who actually just so happened to read my book. Like, that's awesome. So I think- What did he reach out to you about? So he advises a number of like regional banks, and he also does a lot of work with his community. And so he, he believes that, you know, sort of the payments and fintech and, you know, helping people understand financial literacy is like really, really important. And so he basically reached out regarding that. And then he recommends the book to like a lot of people, which is really funny. So like I got, I got a message from another one of my friends and he said, Hey, I happened to uh, chat with Harrison Barnes and he actually recommended your book. Isn't that funny? I was like, yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow. How often do you get a uh, courtside seats at the Sacramento Kings game now? Is that, if you figured I, that I, out I, yet? Now I got to ask him. <laughs> now I got to ask him like, Hey man, like. So but. he's an NBA player helping out his community, trying to find, I'm guessing, your model frictionless payments to uh, to help maybe this community this community that he's helping out and doing all these things while running an NBA career which of course takes an immense amount of training and focus. absolutely but have you actually talked to him yet no I've, I've talked with his office but oh, yeah. yeah that's incredible so here he is trying to help you out from afar because you have one of the few if maybe the only book out there that really makes payment systems in the world 
approachable, right? You've told it through stories and stick figures, as you like to say. I think that is amazing. Uh, when you think about some of these companies, you mentioned earlier that some tech companies will reach out to you to hire you as what I'm hearing, as a consultant to evaluate different systems. What, how did that come to be? And, and what do those deals look like? Yeah, so I think so. There, there are a number of companies that I actually end up mentioning in my in my book because it, it, they kind of help illustrate a point. And so what they'll do is they'll reach out and say, "Hey, look, we're evaluating a company uh, in this space. We think that it's similar to X company that you mentioned in the book. Have you, do you have any experience with it, or can you help us understand what these businesses do and why is it different? And is there anything about their business model that they're actually like doing differently? So help us dive into that. And so that's a lot of fun for me because, you know, again, while unfortunately I don't have the capital to do the investing myself, at least if I can help other people make that investment, I think it's, it's super, super exciting. I would certainly, I mean, talk about some unexpected positives here, right? Uh, uh, developing a relationship with an NBA player who's very active in the space and now technology companies paying you consulting fees to help evaluate different things they're looking at to either acquire or maybe begin to use as a tool, like one of the, one of the many swipe tools. That's, that is incredible. Do you enjoy that kind of work? Is that fun? It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And again, it just, it comes down to like, how can I just help people? Like it, it's an education thing again, right? That's really powerful. And the fact that you've, you know, sort of found yourself in the fintech industry. You didn't sort of graduate from college and say, I'm going to go be a fintech yeah. guy. You've helped just companies evolve, think more clearly about it, found this niche inside of uh, uh, Target and really built from there. And now you continue to grow and impact people's lives. I love that you've been able to help people find jobs with your book. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. And I also I mean, appreciate that your book is written in this approach, approachable fashion. Yeah. It's not I mean, a textbook, I right? It's, it's not, a, well, <laughs> some people use it as a textbook, but I hope people don't consider it as textbook. Because anytime you think of textbook, it's a little dry, but it's a comic book. If, if people consider it as a comic book, that'd be wonderful. Ahmed, you've had such a great run from the last year and getting your book out there. I know you want to put more and more of a focus on your book and helping continue to help more and more people. What's your most audacious goal for 2022? And 2022. Oof, that's, that's a loaded question, but uh, I am actually now trying to see what happens if we put a little bit of marketing behind the book. It would be cool if I could double the quantity of sales in, in 2022. That's kind of my my goal for at least the book itself. But the other piece of it is that, again, I think there are other mediums that I'd love to get this content into. I think people learn in very different ways. Like some people learn better by reading a book. Some people learn by, you know, doing like an online course. Some people learn better in, you know, watching videos. And so I want to try to see if I can expand that. It was called omni-channel. But again, all these things take a lot of time and energy. And it's just like, okay, where do you, again, where do you find that time lock to be able to do all of it? That's the big question. Yeah. I mean, that is uh, quite an audacious goal. And <clears throat> think about that roadmap. What are some of the first steps that you're taking in terms of, of going out there? What are you thinking about at this point and who are you thinking about reaching out to? Yeah. So, so that's a good question. I need a lot of help, but up until this point, I've been very lucky because I don't do any marketing right now. Like literally all of, all of the book sales have just been through like word of mouth more than anything else. Incredible. Um, and now it's like, I've, I've kind of been getting a little bit of help from an agency to figure out like, who are these users? Like, how do we reach out to them? How do we send LinkedIn ads and Facebook ads? And how do we invest a little bit of money to like actually see if we can grow it? I don't, again, 
know how all this stuff works, but that's why I ended up hiring an agency. And so we'll see, we just got started. Like literally yesterday was our kickoff call. So that is outstanding, but trying to, 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 to take what you're doing and accelerate it, create more collisions, if you will, with the right audience. That is absolutely amazing. Being in the fintech business now a number of years, what is uh, anything that sort of surprised you about it? That you're like, oh, I didn't know that was happening here. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 uh, really interesting. Well, number one, that such few people really understand how this stuff works. I think there's just a lot of like misconceptions of like how people think it works, and so you always run into arguments of like, well no, actually it doesn't work that way. And they're like, oh, I read this in so-and-so blog and it's out of date. And so, and, and the other piece is that when you think about payments, the tech hasn't changed at the core for a very long time. Like transacting that fast has been around for like decades. And so when people come in, they say, oh, well, you know what? Blockchain runs at this speed and like, crypto this and crypto that. Well, the reality is that money actually can move very fast and it actually can move fairly cheaply. It's just that over the years, like we've layered on these things that have slowed slowed it down. But in many cases, card-based transactions move way faster than transactions on a blockchain. And I think that's what people, you know, I think just crypto is just kind of a, the rage right now, which is great. And I think there's definitely a great place for it. But the reality is that the existing systems for moving money actually aren't that bad. So I, I think if people, you know, take a step back and actually, you know, take time to study it, like they'll realize that it actually, it, the systems are actually quite good. That's awesome. So you're, and you, it, not only are they good, faster than blockchain, quite a statement there. That's interesting. And you're trying to find ways to really help at the end of the day, the end user, right? Put money in people's pockets faster so they don't have to wait two weeks to get a paycheck. You can do it in, in literally in seconds as you shared. That is amazing. Now, the anatomy of a swipe is available wherever you buy books online. It continues to be a top seller on Amazon. That must be fun to go on there and see that, to log into Amazon and see your book on there and see how it's ranking. Is that a good feeling for you? Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. And then every now and then and there's a little badge that shows up because it, you know, for whatever reason, like somebody comes in and buys a bunch of them and then all of a sudden shoots up to like number one in the ranking. So it's, it's exciting to see that, but I think it's actually even more exciting exciting when you get these like really cool reviews where people write in and talk about just kind of what, you know, what, what it's done for them. I think that's, that's probably the best motivation. And, it, and again, for me, it's like, it's awesome when I get these LinkedIn or Twitter messages saying, Hey, you know, I, I read your book and I was able to do X, Y, Z. And that's ex always exciting to see. I mean, I love this. I, I, I feel like it's, it's somewhere along the lines, you're going to be a professor, but not in maybe the traditional sense that we think of. And, and you found through your innovation, through your startup work, that you, you certainly sounds like you found a way to get that done in, in the years to come. And here you are now consulting for tech companies, doing amazing work for branch, helping people get their paychecks faster at instantaneously, which oftentimes we waited so many weeks to do that. So if people want to learn about you, your branch, your company, the consulting services you offer, uh, Ahmed, where might they go? So for anything branch related, branchapp.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. It's just at Siddiqui. I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out. The book is available on Amazon. That's called The Anatomy of the Swipe. And then finally, I've got a website as well, which is anatomyoftheswipe.com. But lots of ways to get a hold of me. I mean, please 
you know, for, for those of you that are listening in that, you know, might be interested in the topic, feel free to reach out. Or, you know, generally speaking, if you're in that book writing process and, you know, you want a little bit of just other perspectives, love to help out as well. I really appreciate that. And that's exciting. That's an easy man to find incredible knowledge. That's really sounds like reshaping the industry and helping so many out there. Ahmed, that's an unbelievable story. And I appreciate you sharing uh, a willingness to talk to people about the author program. Uh, the next cohort starts in June, early June, 2022. So if you have a book in you or want to start a movement around helping others or anything you want to tell a story about, you know, reach out to us. You can go to the creator.institute and learn more. Ahmed, great to see you. I can't believe the uh, I can't believe the success you've had the last year, and I'm really happy for you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks once again, John. This is awesome. My pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to the Creator Community Channel on your favorite podcast platform: YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and many others. And please, if you enjoyed Ahmed's episode here, write us a review. I'm your host of the Creator Community, John Saunders. Thanks for joining us today.